if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Our guest today at Horse Chat is Ben Netterfield. Ben's been here before. He's done a few different chats and he's got a unique combination of teaching about stress and also being World Cup show jumper. So he's sort of been a, a good competitive rider, been a, a, he is a coach, an equestrian coach, but he's also coming from a bit of a different mindset. And today we're going to talk about 10 keys for confidence which I think is pretty important, you know, especially if you're show jumping, but I'm sure just riding because a lot of people do lose confidence when they ride, you know, whether it's been their fault, the horse's fault, the situation, the whatever, and Ben's here to talk to us about that. If you haven't heard Ben before, it's probably a good idea to go back and have a look and his combination of, you know, as I said, an equestrian coach and an AIPC leadership coach. But before we get into that, I just want to have a um, reminder about International Horse College and the motto of International Horse College is people safety and horse welfare. If that's the way you feel when you're working with horses then have a look at the internationalhorsecollege.com website, registered training organisation 31352. All right now you're there Ben, how are you today? Hey, thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> that's okay, all true, all absolutely true about you. I think you bring in the leadership training and the and the psychology of riding, but being a good competitive rider, you've, you know, certainly put the miles in as a competitive rider and a rider and a horse person to understand, you know, understand where horse people are coming from. So it's a, a very good combination. We're going to talk about keys to confidence today, Ben. What's, if we talk about confidence, and, and you know, it is a big problem, what is confidence? If you're going to explain, uh, confidence it. is one of those things that we all all look at other people and, and think they look much more confident than us. Okay, yeah, they seem much more confident than us, and, and I think that's one of the first traps that we all fall into. That you know, other people's confidence seems to stay on a big plateau and and ride off into the sunset, whereas ours seems to to we hope that would be our case, but ours seems to drop and fall and peak and trough and mm-hmm. and go up and down, um, and we always grasp for that, that moment that will stay with us forever. Uh, and yet confidence with everything, you know, is always on the move. Like it, it never stays at just one point. It's not a static thing. And it's that co- it's actually the confidence to know that the things I will do will get it to come back again. Um, and the strategy I have, the tools that I have, can actually get my confidence. So confidence is often a habit rather than a... a uh, something that I have to dig deep for all the time. Okay. So if we're going to trust and believe in ourselves, talk to us a little yep. bit more about that trust and belief. You know, how can we get it? Well, the, the biggest thing with, with trust and belief is that it's, it is the overarching interlinking with, with everything else. So, so we, if you just take trust in yourself, like trust is we've either got to have trust in someone in, the, in this relationship. Either we trust the horse, um, we could trust our coach, you know, we could trust our supporters, you know, that they're, they're telling us information that they think we're capable of doing it. Um, or if, if we don't trust any of those things, then we've got to have a trust in ourselves. And trust 
is is often brought about by the fact that we've done the hard work, that we understood what's being required of our bodies. We're understanding the intellectual side of the task that's involved. Um, if we if we don't understand those things or we can't get ourselves to do that in in just base terms, how can we expect to, to suddenly perform um, with confidence in, in anything that we do? So trust is is knowing the people around us, trust is knowing ourselves, and trust is, is obviously then getting that partnership to work with the horse. Um, and so it's often interlinked um, to different degrees at different times in your career um, with, with a, you know, so a nervous rider will often have to have a horse they can implicitly trust because their, their own soft skills are very weak. So we want that horse to, to be able to pick up the butt um, and run for us. Or all we need it in our coach or our supporter that they they can see things that we can't. And so if they think we're capable of doing something, that, that we will give it a try. Mm-hmm. So if we give it a try, you know, I think courage. And what's the difference between confidence and courage? Because is courage, you know, like you're scared anywhere, but you go and do it? Is that foolhardiness or is there a, a definite what is courage? Yes, you, you often have, have that, you know, is is courage standing on the fact that, you know, I'm, you know, the risk reward, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. am I just being courageous to take an unnecessary risk? Or what we generally think of it is we're trying to, to nudge our way towards courage. Um, and what we mean by that is actually doing those simple things. You know, courage isn't about, often we think about courage as, as leaping over the trenches and, and charging into the, into the machine guns. Whereas courage is actually in, in the very simple task of making our horse straight. Like, so we, we're, we're setting a, we're setting the standard to the horse that this is what we expect of them. So, we don't suddenly try and take that leadership role when it's under pressure, when it matters then. We're actually already taking that leadership role. No, let's make our horse straight when we're not under pressure. Let's make our horse go at the pace we need it to go when we're not under pressure. Um, and so it's that confidence and courage comes through that same sort of little loop of instead of the loop of uncertainty, we can actually go, I'm feeling unsure but I know the tools that I'm going to use to make this horse straight. I'm going to look where I'm going. I'm going to use my legs. I'm going to use my body. I'm going to use all those things. And it's also knowing that courage will come with feelings of feeling uncomfortable because you can't have courage without vulnerability. Uh, If you're not feeling vulnerable, then it's not really courage. Mm -hmm. And so then that allows us to go ahead. Now talk to about being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, because we we often suppress, we think courage will will actually suppress that, whereas it's actually understanding that that's the emotion that we will feel, which then allows us to show courage in that spot. It allows us to go. I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm feeling nervous. However, I know if I do, um, you know, keep my horse at this pace, then this will work out. That's the tool I need to bring to. If I keep my horse at this pace, this will work out. It will, I will still feel comfortable while I'm doing it, but my tool and my approach is into that logic of just maintain the scanner, just maintain the scanner, just maintain the scanner, mm-hmm. and, and that helps you get through that situation. 
Yeah, yeah, and that that small nudge of courage, you know, like you said, getting your horse straight, maintaining the pace. Yes, yes, okay. It, it's it's often a small nudge that work yeah. the best. Okay, but but lots of small nudges, not just one little small nudge. But yeah, yeah okay, yeah. my horse yeah. is straight, and now is he? Could he have a little bit more energy? Could we have a bit more pace? Could we have him a bit? You know, look around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Now I know you talk about empathy, but hang on a sec. Is that a lack of strength or weakness? You know, sometimes the whole, you start talking, you know, and this is a chat about confidence. But we're talking about confidence and belief in yourself and courage and now all of a sudden empathy. Tell us why we need that empathy. How does that come into this whole talk about confidence and courage? Yeah, empathy is always that hard one and it's that very scary topic for most people in terms of courage, um, is that one thing where, yes, I've got to gear up, I've got to put my silver on, off I go, um, and then maybe we acknowledge that we can be vulnerable during that period, but then to have empathy. What if I fail? Like, empathy is allowing yourself to, to take the risk. Maybe it didn't work out. Maybe, maybe it went close to working out. Empathy is, that doesn't make you a bad person. That means you are on the right track, you understood the risks. Okay, let's try again. Empathy allows you to stand back up and it allows you to, instead of then putting a roadblock up and go, well, I'll never try that again. I'm totally hopeless. I can't do it. You know, obviously this isn't meant for me. Um, whereas empathy allows you to go, okay, you put yourself in a place that allows you to fight, but go back and put yourself in that same place again, understanding why the failure maybe happened. Is that fixable? Does that mean you need to go back and work on a few other things? Or is it actually just... Sometimes it's really about just trying again. Um, because just because you're trying it for the first time, give go doesn't mean they're forced to still into it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And empathy allows you to stand back and say it's okay if it wasn't a complete success or even a failure. It allows you to actually look at what happened and to think, yes, I can try this again. Whereas when we don't have empathy, we go into that whole white anting ourselves into, well, you should have been able to do it. I can't believe you didn't do it. Everyone else in your friendship group can. And they just got it straight away. And we all know, you know, on an intellectual level, not everyone got it straight away. Not everyone was able to do it every day of the week. But emotionally, we buy into that story. And empathy allows you to just stand back and, okay, I put myself in that place. I tried take another big test and let's try again. Okay. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine. Maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. So I suppose that 
you know, it's, it's understanding, isn't it, the debriefing after your lessons or after your competitions and you sort of bring the empathy in there. Or is that right or not? Or The, the empathy, the, what, what the, as a coach, and we've all probably heard this as coaches, where, you know, you've seen a student that is, has tried and tried and then got something and they've really got you and you are so proud of them. And you think, oh, they should just on a cloud nine forever. And they come back, and sometimes they're on the cloud nine, but other times they come over to you, and their first statement is, I should have got that six months ago. Mm. And so that's what we're talking about with okay. as well, and, yep. and debriefing of, and instead of enjoying that moment and embracing that moment, they've already gone, I can't believe I wasn't there six months ago. Well, this is this is your journey now. This is where you've made it to, and you're here now. Like, let's Let's allow yourself to have that congratulations. And then the debriefing is, you know, where we all do it, where we sometimes have that, you know, euphoria. And then we go, oh, but was it a fluke? Maybe I can't repeat <laughs> yes, that. Okay. And, and, <laughs> and trust me, we've all done that part. And, and so we, we have to then make sure that how does it get to there? Like, it wasn't, this was that moment, but the lead up was 30 minutes before. Or the lead up was the last two months leading up to that. And and so that's your base that now we work on being able to repeat it again tomorrow or the next day or you know, in three weeks' time, depending on, on what the case is. And so debriefing is is looking how someone actually sits with you new information. and it's amazing how success doesn't always lead you to thinking that was successful. Um, the the human mind is a wonderful thing of being able to pick apart success. Um, so instead of thinking, oh, good on me, I, I walk forward, or, um, or they go, I'm really not sure how that happened. And you have to then say, okay, because don't forget, we just talked about forward motion. So sometimes instead of having the fact, I did this, but I was still scared during and so that emotion of being scared still overrides the fact that we actually did the task. And so we're showing them that actually got the task done and it still feels scary for a little while. But when you come back to it tomorrow, just because you did yesterday, I mean, you won't feel the same. So that confidence mm-hmm. is where it comes back to that confidence of what was the 30 minutes leading up to that? What was the platform you stood on to get that job done again? If we talk about goal setting, okay, you know, because you, you're talking yeah. about, you know, the debriefing and what happens if you haven't gone well, goal setting and that whole, you know, we want the goals to just, that's my goal and it's just going to be a smooth path. But how can we reset? How can we have the confidence even to reset and fine tune and work towards our goal? That, that resetting comes about from that empathy, because the okay. empathy allows you to go, this is a failure by the person. Um, and it's just an acknowledgement that, that no path is ever smooth. Like you, there's very few journeys that go, I went from A to B and C, and I was just successful, and I was amazing. And, and that's what, you know, you get to write all those books about how my journey is perfect, and all I wanted was a dream, and I just stuck to it. Whereas, you know, 99.99% no, 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 of us, uh, you know, the 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 goal, the head goal might stay the same, but the journey to work goes all over the place. Uh, it might be a big sideward step, like an injury, a horse might have an injury. Um, it's like now where we've got everyone's lockdown, so 
so that everyone changes. And that's in a way, that's probably the easy thing when everyone else has to change their life. So say if, you know, before we get two or three shows, they're washed out in a row. One in that same boat. Whereas if you're in that well, I've I've put my time aside into these two shows which lead into that show, but I was injured for that show. So well, that means I may have to work harder at home and I can still get that done, or I might have to find a smaller show that I wasn't planning on doing, or I might just have to put, and I have to have my main goal three months later. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean I've lost that goal. Uh, and it's okay to be flexible in those situations. But sometimes what we do is we dig that goal into the sand, we lay in concrete, and then it becomes our handbrake. So instead of us being adaptive and going, okay, I've just got to delay everything for three months, go, okay, that goal hasn't happened. I write everything off. I can't do it. See, I knew I was hopeless. Um, and so it's, it's making sure that we're okay with a few zigs and zags and, and being able to pull ourselves up to, okay, this will still keep this in on track. I just have to get to it this way. Um, and maybe I need to take a few steps back, or maybe I need to hit her, or maybe I need to do other things. It's, it's looking at that, that. The goal is then into the plan, which is into the nuts and bolts of everyday writing. And if those three things aren't matching up, then the wheels are going to fall off. Um, and it's, it's being realistic with all those three things to keep moving forward. Okay. So the breathing. Moving your body, staying present. You've talked about them before. Yes, they they are the yep. and the big problem with that in terms of confidence is you know being breathing and, and moving your body, and then the last to that, which is staying present, keeps you engaged in that moment. And being engaged in that moment means you're confident with what you're doing at that present. In other words, you're not going into yeah, but the last time I tried this, he my horse didn't do very well. This isn't last time. This is the time you're trying right now. And so that gives you into the cycle. Well, I've fine-tuned my skills since then. I've done this since then. I've you know, I've presented better. I understand the, the situation better. So now I'm engaged in this moment. And that's the, the difference. When you're doing the work and you're retrying something, the confidence to go again in this moment, not in the moment that happened a week ago, two weeks ago, Six months ago, or even as often we often do as riders, it might have even happened with another horse. It wasn't even this this horse that you're riding right at this moment has has led you down to a path thinking this is impossible. Am I engaged in this moment? And that then allows you to ride this moment. And then I have the confidence for that moment. So then when it goes, it goes well. I've built the partnership on this moment and going forward. Okay, okay. Now I know that we've talked a lot about visualisation, mental rehearsal, you know, still thinking. Tell us, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd like you to talk about that. You know, it's it's silly to say how how important is that because, you know, we we start with the visualisation, the mental rehearsal. So talk us about that and how important it is. So the, the visualisation in this context that we're talking now mm. is talking about that everything obviously starts with thought. But everything also, if I can't, if in the if in the thought of, of visualising something, I'm already in a roadblock. Like I can't even picture it working out from just uh, sitting while I'm sitting on a horse or while I'm sitting off a horse. 
or, you know, my breathing changes, you know, everything is all ready. Or I go into that to know, oh, it's just fine. You know, so I'm not engaged either that way. Like, so if I, if I have, if I'm quite worried about something and my answer to it is, oh, no, I'm fine, then I'm actually not engaged in that process either. You know, so that's just as bad as, as having a, a total mental block about it. Um, so it's actually getting right down to that emotion. As we said before, if, you act, if you're doing visualisation properly, you should actually feel just as vulnerable as you would be um, if they were doing it because if you're dealing with that emotion that's going to come up. You're dealing with the action that's coming up. Um, and so it's also feeling that emotion while you're not in any of this and, and then going through, I can couple with that. So if, once again, that we talked before of, Emotion and the action is actually come from a different horse. I can visualize making sure I'm actually riding the horse I am riding now. This is the horse that is going to try for me. This is the horse that the last three exercises I've done has given me everything that it wants, sorry, everything that I need, and is quite willing to go into the final line and try for me. Um, and it's just, it's making sure those little ticks of Am I engaged in this process? And it may be, you know, you know, sometimes it, it, for some people it doesn't matter. Like some people, they can talk about and they can get into that emotion when they're not on the horse. But often when you're engaging with your students, uh, it's getting them to see while they've just done the warming up and they've been ready to do an exercise and know they're going to be a little apprehensive about it, that they can, you know, just take a moment, a few deep breaths, visualize now, and just watching their body and as they're talking through it how they're actually thinking about it and how they, you know, and you can maybe throw up a problem to them while something is happening and they can just press pause in that visualisation and solve the problem. And that's the biggest thing, that they can pause, solve the problem, okay, that should work, let's move on. Okay, okay. So the just the self-talk as you go through that, am I in, engaged in that, this process? Yes, and that, that leads on to that, you know, positive affirmations of, yeah. you know, you're not, not having that self-sabotaging, like those two things that work hand-in-hand, hand. and that, which a lot of eyes you see are very clear in terms of what their sensations are, and so you actually turn that around instead of thinking for hypervision, that makes you more aware of change earlier, which means you can get to recognise it, and, okay, if you feel the change, what would you do? Rather than what often you feel, or those people feel, is they're you know, overstimulated at that point, and so they shut down rather than it's okay to feel that. And if we feel it early, that means I can have plan A or plan B or plan C. Um, so hypervigilance isn't in that scenario isn't uh, a negative. It actually becomes your positive as so long as then you have a pathway forward from that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So the pathway forward, you know, just thinking about peak arousal, peak performance, knowing our limits. Yep. How important is personal best then if we're training for confidence? What should we be focused on? Personal best is one of those great things. So if we're always busting our personal best all the time, that means we're absolutely training at that peak performance. At okay. That, yep. you know, peak, and that doesn't necessarily mean we're at peak risk, but it, it might do. Um, and so we just got to be aware that the, the more times we're at peak performance means that generally and of course then we're often especially showing then we're often at and most risk zone whereas 
we can obviously get a lot of our foundational skills not being that close to being peak performance. Um, so we make keep making sure our foundation is getting stronger and stronger rather than just being a peak all the time. And so obviously if I trip this horse trip, you know, while he's at performance, then it can become much more catastrophic. Um, not in terms of fatality, but much more in terms of the outcomes of poor horse and rider. And so we're making sure that we want to be moving up to peak performance, bringing it back down, moving up to peak performance, moving back down, uh, rather than thinking I have to be a peak performance, otherwise I'm not improving at all. Because mm-hmm. your basic skills are, are often improved in, in just the simple things of, as we just said at the beginning talk, like making sure you're actually walking in a straight line. Yes. Um, making sure you're trotting in a straight line. Um, can I turn my body fairly when I'm, when I'm going through a corner? Those sort of little things. I don't need to get peak performance to, to achieve those. Yeah, I, I really like the way that you bring this in, but, you know, you're a horse person, so you understand, you know, it's not just a matter of being a sports coach. A sports person, a leadership person, because you're able to bring that in as an experienced competitor and you understand what horse people are going through. You understand what competitors are doing and, and you know, within equestrian, within within riding, but also too, you know, as a coach, you can sort of notice those little nuances, like the person might all of a sudden get scared, but that's because the horse's head's risen up and his ears are pricked and he's probably tense through the body. So, you know, you're picking up on those things, um, yeah, which I think yeah, is brilliant. Yeah. Anytime we're also bringing us to peak arousal, we're also often bringing our horse to peak arousal, and that's mm. got mm. much different. You know, when our, when our horse is in that really relaxed, calm state all the time, he's going to give you much different reaction to when you bring him up to peak performance and peak arousal all the time. Yeah. And like, when you have 600 kilos of muscle, and you're not that big after all. Yes, yeah, and yeah. Can be quite <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. Ben, look, I really appreciate your time today, but if people would like to contact you, what's the best way? Um, just on the, my mobile number, which is 0413 459 258, um, and, or if you're on the EA website, then there's my email address and stuff like that. That's probably the best. Otherwise, you can just send me um, Facebook Messenger. Um, it's a good way. Um, and just to finish up, the last, the last thing would be like, if you're feeling unconfident, then you're asking yourself, to do trust, what am I prepared to risk? What am I risking? Um, am I risking letting go of something? You know, am I risking trying something? Um, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that puts it in, in terms of you understand your confidence has to come from. Um, that's, that's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. Okay. Okay. All right. Um... Yeah, look, I think thanks for your time and those contact details will also be on horsechats.com slash bennetterfield4 or just go to horsechats.com, search for Ben or search for Netterfield and you'll find those. And uh, I think if you go in and search for confidence as well, you're going to find that and search for courage and search for a lot of the words that we've, um, you know, gone through and talked about today because I think, you know, they're important and I think, um, you know, Ben's yeah, super coach. You, you're going to get him if um, you need something more than than a show jumping coach. I think Ben's the person to to come in and give you that um, that extra. All right. So uh, Ben, looking forward to catching up with you again. And thanks again for your time today. Thank you so much, Thomas. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Goodbye.
If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 